Hi, I'm Mike. And I'm Dan. I am so excited for this week's episode of 15 Minute Film Fanatics, the podcast where two friends and lifelong film fanatics sit down and discuss movies that they love, but they've never talked about before. So this is our raw take with one another um, on, on a movie. The only thing I know is that Dan has seen this week's pick, which is Stop Making Sense, 1984, Stop Making Sense, the Talking Heads concert film, uh, which was recorded in LA in 1983 to promote the album Speaking in Tongues. Um, I already can't say enough good things about this film. One of my favorite albums, um, certainly one of my favorite concert movies of all time. If not, I think the best made concert film of all time. Dan, what's your take? My take is that, uh, you know, again, like Mike said, the premise of the show is we make sure, and we're true to this, we don't cheat, we've never talked about this. And I think maybe a year ago, we texted each other like something about the talking heads. And I was like, oh, you like the talking heads? And Mike was like, yeah, I do. And I'm like, oh, yeah, me too. And that was our only conversation. And then when we were thinking about movies to do for this season, uh, somehow we're bantering around. We said, oh, what about uh, this? What about other ones? And so I said, sure, let's do this. And I am so glad we watched it. Now, my story about this is that I saw this with my cousin. I was in, I was in uh, late middle school. I love the talking heads. I was a total, I was the guy, I was their dream audience. Like this nerdy, you know, um, eighth grader. Um, love the talking heads. And I went to see it at midnight at the mall. And my older cousin, uh, who was t a totally cool guy, who introduced me to all the cool music that I still like today. He went, and I, so that was already cool, that I was going to see a movie at midnight when, when it meant something, right? And I remember when it started, I couldn't believe how great it was. Like, I, I couldn't believe, even as a kid before I was really a movie nerd, like how great it is that it builds up with, with the boom box. I got a tape I want you to play here. And how it goes from Psycho Killer. And before you know it, like you're, you know, you're, you're totally wrapped up in this. Um, so I, I've seen it maybe once or twice since then but a solid 20 years has gone by before I've re-seen it for the podcast. And I watched it the other night, Mike, and I, my jaw was open. I couldn't believe how great it was. As you know, I, I texted Mike right away and I said, we have to record, like right now, Mike, couldn't, Mike was busy, but I'm like, drop everything, we have to talk about this movie. So I'm totally on board. Great. Um, I can't imagine a better, uh, a better experience than that. I, my, my experience was uh, watching um, with, my, with my father who was rarely amused. Uh, but if my, my dad loved HBO. We had an HBO subscription and this would come on every now and again. Um, and I couldn't believe, I, I mean, I'm talking like back in the early nineties with the little side speakers coming out of like a 16 inch television. Yeah. Um, you know, th that movie makes the television shake, you it know, and it, make, and it makes me feel the same way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it you know what's also great about it? It's it's you it's like you almost take you almost like I guess like I took the Talking Heads for granted, like everyone goes you know you, you just take it for granted. Oh yeah, they're a great band, and everyone nods and goes on to something else. But what was remarkable for me, and this is a theory I want I want to run by you. I want to see what you think about this theory. So haven't listened to the Talking Heads much in the last easily you know ten or fifteen years. Once in a while I'll put them on, but when I put this movie on, I sat there and I still knew every single syllable of every single lyric. And I wonder if the, the albums, because I remember having the album of Speaking in Tongues and the album of Fear of Music and all, the album of Talking Head 77. I wonder, I, I think that today, I don't remember as many lyrics as I do today. And I don't know if a lot of kids, these kids today do, because it was something special. Like when you got the album of Fear of Music or you got the album of Remain in Light and I played it over and over and over and over and over. And that's how you learn these lyrics. So in, in a second, that, that movie started and I knew every single lyric of every single song. And I wonder if because we have so much choice now, now we have Apple Music and Spotify and, and you know, Amazon, that there's so much music you can listen to that you, you don't listen to one song as many times in a row as we used to. It, it could be, um, but I, I'm not a good representation because I'm an audiophile. So I also had the, the vinyl copy of Speaking in Tongues and, yeah, listened to it, and listened to it the same way. 
um, and picked up uh, picked up all the lyrics. You know, I think uh, "Slippery People" is one of um, just the best jam songs I've, I've right. ever heard. And right. what a, what a great band! I used to have a customer um, who was a bassist for a couple of bands that used to play at CBGBs, and uh, he said that when these guys would roll in. Uh, you know, people could set up for hours. There were like bands that that got there early to practice. There, there were people um, who came in totally stumbling drunk and couldn't perform. But um, but the Talking Heads put on a good show every single night that the, that they were there. And their musicianship is great, but also the lyrics are so great. I mean, Heaven is such a beautiful song. Yeah. I know a whole, you know, uh, Naive Melody. Naive Melody is um, just an, an unbelievable, like it's its ideas are terribly cliche. It's connecting to emotions that we all feel. Um, I think Alexander Pope describes wit as um, what was often said, but ne'er so well expressed. Yes, which often thought, but ne'er that, so well expressed, right. But that's um, But it celebrates those cliches, and it's not, he's not, and we can talk about that in segment two, but it celebrates those cliches. Certainly. And it, and it acknowledges that, yeah, they're cliches for a reason. But we do have to talk about that, about the musicianship, because um, there, there are so many people who never make it and so many people who become one hit wonders. Let's just talk about Tom Tom Club for a second. Sure. Which is ta Talking James Heads Brown? minus- James Brown! <laughs> Imagine the Talking Heads minus David Byrne and you still have a band that is one of the most sampled bands of the 90s. Right. Uh, make it, making, so I, I played it um, and I remember thinking, wow, this movie, these the, the songs, Tom Tom Club songs sounds, they sound like they're um, were made in the 90s. Sounds like 90s music. It's because yeah. they were so often sampled. Those songs were written and recorded in 1981. <laughs> I know. It's incredible. So the musicianship is great, but let's talk about, you know, we love the music. We love the lyrics. Um, and again, the lyrics I haven't thought of when we were getting ready to text out of the blue for all you listeners out there. Mike texts me out of the blue. What about the time you were rolling over? And my instant response was, full on your face, must be having fun. These, these that from Slippery People. So the musicianship is great, the lyrics are great, but let's talk about this. And I have my own theory about this too, but Mike, what would you say if someone said to you, you know, and everyone, it's no big um, critical surprise that Mike and I love this movie. It's not like we've discovered it. Everybody loves this movie, rightly so. Why do you think that is? Sure. I think the first thing for me is the lack of the audience, which sounds weird for a concert film. I think that one thing that concert films uh, do terribly and that really pissed me off is they focus on the people who just kind of happen to show up that night, um, who are all as excited as, as I am. Even in other famous concert movies like Last Waltz, for example, um, you get views of the audience, you have a sense of the audience. Whereas my sense of the audience and Stop Making Sense is that it is me. I want it all, to be me. All other people, um, all other ideas of dimensions and space and time outside that stage are utterly obliterated. And that's the only thing that exists. And so I think as far as the cinematography goes, um, that, that for me has a great effect. It's like, it, the, the movie strikes me as just one long shot. I know there's multiple shots, obviously, there's, there's back and forth, there's Tina Weymouth, you know, hanging out and having a good time. And everybody has individual personalities that come through, but they take the audience element out of it, which helps me focus. Brilliant. I think that's brilliantly expressed because, you know, you know, I only, I want to be in the audience. You know me, like I barely, I can barely tolerate other people in the audience. I think, you know, I, I don't want to, I don't, I don't want to feel the groove with other people and give each other like, yeah, they're playing burning down the house. High five, dude. Like, leave me alone. And it's great because so many concert films will cut to the audience and show people. And it, even when you watch stand up, 
You ever watch a stand-up special and they have to cut to people laughing? And, you, and you're like, well, I'm, I don't need to see this guy laugh, right? There's a great moment in the Grateful Dead movie. I don't know if you've ever seen the Grateful Dead movie. No. There's a great bit where, um, well, it's a great bit because it's exactly what you're talking about. It's they're playing U.S. Blues, great song, and the camera keeps cutting to this deadhead in the front who keeps like mouthing the words along with Jerry. And he's supposed to be like, like oh, look at this wacky deadhead. He knows all the words. And every time they showed it, I wanted to scream because I'm like, I want to see Jerry Garcia. I don't want to see this guy in the front row. I want to see Jerry. That's the point of the movie. And I think Jonathan Demme knows, like, no, you're here to see the Talking Heads. And we're going to pretend that you are seeing the Talking Heads live. Yeah, I think I think we need to move on to segment two and talk about okay. our favorite moments because, okay. um, you know, the moments where, I, where you feel most like the audience. Okay, I'll see you there. Hi, welcome back. So in segment two, we'd like to talk about our favorite moment or our favorite scene or our favorite little thing in a movie that kind of epitomizes the whole experience. So Mike, in this film of, I think it's 14 or 15 songs, what moment or what line epitomizes the experience of Stop Making Sense for you? Sure. So I'm, Naive Melody is not just um, my favorite Talking Heads songs, uh, song. It is one of my favorite songs, a period. Uh, and I don't think I don't think even David Byrne or any band anywhere else has has ever successfully covered it because the studio mix is so good. Yeah. But this performance of it in Stop Making Sense is I think the only live performance that of the song that I would ever listen to. Um, now that said, my favorite moment within that moment is the dancing with the lamp. Um, <laughs> there's there's something yeah. exultant about the lyrics. There's something exultant about the band. Um, they um, they open the curtains and it looks like you're in an oversized living room. So yeah. they, they, they've changed or they keep embellishing the set. You know, David Byrne keeps losing clothes, but they keep adding stuff to the scenery. Right. And so it's, you know, he's down to the, the, the shirt and the oversized pants. Yep. And um, something for me about the way that he dances with the lamp and the, the look on his face, he looks like an, uh, a crazy uncle doing a magic trick for a kid. Uh -huh. but, yep. you know, he it's, runs it's to a... catch up with the lamp, but he, you don't want the lamp to fall, he runs to catch it. There's something kind of knowing and teasing, but also super weird um but but very excited and also on the beat that yeah. that something about that dancing it's it's the physical embodiment of the of the lyrics and the experience of listening to the song i yeah. don't know how it's done and i don't know how to explain it any better than that but those two moments rhyme visually um and and in terms of what you're hearing yeah that's great the form of his dancing equals the content because if as nerdy as you and I are, like if we had to get up and start dancing around to naive melody it's pretty much what it might look like like he's not so he's not Fred Astaire He's not showing off, um, but it makes kind of sense that he's like this, this kind of like fun guy who got caught up in the moment of a song, the way we play air guitar, except he can actually play the guitar and actually can dance with the lamp. That's really, really great. You know, it's funny because, you know, what you just said about him being like an uncle trying to make you laugh. I forgot how funny this movie is. Hilarious. I was laughing and smile. If I wasn't laughing, I had a giant grin plastered on my face the whole time. And that's why I think it's such a great movie to watch under quarantine because it's so affirming. Like you feel so much better when it's over. It reminded me of watching Singing in the Rain. Yeah, it's, it's completely exultant. And I mean, you can see that on, on everybody's face. And that's, by the way, no means the only dance move, you know, obviously sure. in, the, uh, in the song. And, and that's not to say that any of the dance moves in this entire movie are good. Um, but they are honest. Yeah, they are. They are the most. It's the right. most honest dancing I think I've ever seen. You know, there's there's little parts. Um, I <laughs> love funny. Bruce. I love Bruce, and I watch a lot of Bruce concerts and old Bruce concerts. And there's a lot of moments where um, different people playing different instruments interact with one another. Yeah. But they don't interact uh, the way David Byrne interacts with his rhythm guitarist. 
uh, when they are both doing that high knee dance um, uh -huh. in mirror of one another, because the, it's so it's it's weird, and I I think honest is the word I'm going to stick with. Honest is great. That's how he dances with the two girls, the two women singing backup, right? It's very, right. very honest, right? And that song is honest too. Like, is there a better honest line about what it's like to be in your domestic space than a, I love the passing of time? No. What are you, I love, the, like, how do you know you're happy? Well, I love the passing of time. <laughs> you're not going to top that <laughs> in the list of, that's how you know. You, you love the passing of time. It's not, we got to get out of this place if it's the last thing we ever do. You know, it's not the animals or something. My yeah. moment was, um, if, I, if I may, yes. my moment that, that, uh, that really epitomized watching it again for me was, uh, it's a life during wartime when he starts running laps around the stage. And it's like, if the stage can't contain him, he's covered in sweat and he starts just running those laps and you sit there and I thought, my, I, you feel like your heart is at, like um, in a Bugs Bunny cartoon when he sees like the, uh, the cute uh, uh, female Bugs Bunny or the robot Bugs Bunny that's really full of dynamite and his heart's going doo, 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 like out of his chest in the shape of a heart. I was watching that and I'm like, and I have my headphones on and I don't know what other people in my house heard, but I'm like, I'm sitting there playing with my pencils on the desk and singing along probably way too loud because I had my headphones in. But it, it, it was, it, the movie is such pure adrenaline. Even now I'm getting all fired up talking about it. And I think that he almost can't contain himself with his dancing. So he's like, what can I do now? I know, I'll just run around the stage. Not even to be funny, just because I, I gotta do something. It's, it's part of the effect. You know, this movie is, all those songs are an, are an artistic tour de force. They're like yeah. one one motion that it, that are it's not dissectable uh, into parts. Yeah. Um, and and the movie and the dancing and the stamina of the concert are literally a tour de force. It's a, it's a feat of strength. It's part of what is 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 being is on display for you as audience. Yeah. And we've often said uh, that like you know a lot of our favorite movies are ones that at whatever point you turn them on, you want to leave them on. And the other one of our other qualifications is the whole thing seems like it's over in five seconds. And this movie is it's you turn it on and he comes out for Psycho Killer and that's it, it's over. The whole movie's over. What a great way to start. You know, yeah. I, I always cheat and pick other moments, but also what a great way to start. What a cover of Psycho Killer. I, I find I find that um cover version of Psycho Killer, by the way, so convincing that even when I hear the original of Psycho Killer, I'm like, you're not singing on the right beat. You're not syncopated the right way, because that's not how it goes. That's awesome. That's awesome. All right. I'll see you in segment three. We're going to pause here because we just want to tell you something. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. So let me explain. The first point is it's free. Yeah. Second, they have all the tools that you need to create, record, and edit your podcast right on your phone or your laptop. Third, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so you can hear it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many other places. You pick up sponsorships, you can make money from your podcast, and there's no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Always be closing, Mike. Always be closing. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hi, welcome back. So we're going to start segment three and talk about how our, how the film ends or the title or something like that. But just to clarify, Mike, like you said, Psycho Killer was a cover, but like David Byrne? Yeah, yeah he, wrote, he wrote the song, but he rearranged it. Um, and so essentially he did a cover of himself, which okay. again, I, fi I find so convincing, it kind of even overrides the original version for me. Yeah, Bob Dylan did that all the time. He would cover, that's great, he would cover himself. So let's talk about what you, what you make at the end of the title or how, how this film leaves you. I mean, I want to start it over again as soon as it's over. <laughs> you know, it's, in other words, you'd, you'd think that you'd be so exhausted by the yeah. end of the film, you know, because it is, 
90 minutes to two hours. I actually don't know how long it really is. It's about an hour um, and a half, hour 40. Okay. It feels like maybe 10 minutes, but like if, but it feels like I should be sweating, like by, right. by, by the end, you know, David Byrne is sweating, but it feels like I should be sweating. Yeah. Um, and, and I think, yeah, I think that's because what you said, because you feel like you're part of it as corny as that sounds, not that you're a yes. important guy, but like, <clears throat> it's true. Like, you, how do you like, I felt like I was there. That's one of the big, you know, compliments people give movies all the time. I felt I was on the streets of New York City when I watched The Taxi Driver. But this is like, you really do feel like you're there. And you know what, at the break, I just thought of something else to tie into what you said. Think about, you know, one of our themes we have in this podcast is restraint. Like you and I seem to like directors that, that show a lot of restraint and things like that. Think of all the things that Jonathan Demme didn't do when he shot this movie, right? Like what's missing from this movie? Is it, um, it doesn't start backstage um, right. and, 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 and roll. Um, it doesn't show you the outside of the theater. I, I never understand what's with the outside of the theater. <laughs> Right, exactly. This is a building. It's, it's never, if you're actually there, that's not the memorable part, you know? It's, yeah, right. I, and, I, you know, it's not like you're at the Fillmore or something, you know? Yeah, that's great. The outside of the theater, that's true. Every yeah. You don't see the audience. You don't see the outside of the theater. You don't see him walk out like the way that like a boxer does. You don't get any of that, right? No, all you see is one body. It's just the feet. You yeah. see the kids first. That's right. You see his kids. That's right. That's right. And he walks out and then it starts. Like it's exactly what you want. It, like unlike an actual concert, it starts on time because as soon as you hit play, it begins, right? There's no big thing. Um, you know, the credits come on and it begins. That's it. It's like the perfect concert. You also don't get, it's funny. I wonder if, I certainly didn't think of this when I saw it in eighth grade, but you wonder if there's been an audience of people who've seen this and kept waiting for the interview. Like, when is it going to stop and cut to David Byrne talking about the songs or how he did it? Because in the beginning, it says, um, like, it says, um, like, uh, created by David Byrne or, or conceived by David Byrne. So, like, oh, what's the conception? It's like, what did David Byrne conceive? And I think you conceive, like, this is what people want. Like, you don't he, get those he, he conceived as, I'm going to start the show and then... I'm gonna be. Uh, I'm gonna soak through my shirt with sweat by the yeah. by the end, and then we'll build. We'll have built up to the full band and the full stage. Yeah, and that's what we'll do. That's the that's the concept. We won't start, and we'll kind of build up. So that's why it's perfectly goes from Psycho Killer to Heaven to uh, you know until like by the end you're like you're you're on your feet and screaming, and it's a great trick. It reminded me of um. Have you ever seen the Blue Man Group? Yes. Yeah, I've seen it, and it's the same kind of thing. So I've seen the Blue Man Group show a couple of times. And when you see it, you start out, it's kind of like, this is kind of strange. What's yeah. going on? And by the end of 90 minutes, they're throwing toilet paper around. And you're, you, if those guys said, let's go rob that bank, you'd be like, let's go, let's go rob the bank. I mean, David Byrne is his own hype man. You know, he's like, he's the first guy out. That's the point of him, you know, walking out with the guitar, right? Uh, other bands send somebody else out to get the crowd into it. He, he <laughs> walks out by himself. That's awesome. That's awesome. Right. So, because... You, like the idea is you think he's you think he's weird when he gets out there right because he is he's in sync with himself and you're not in sync with him by by the end he's 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 not weird he's the center of the universe because you've become in tune with him not him with you i think that's the idea that's right title stop making sense right like that the album that they are promoting is called speaking in tongues it's the same idea right you you hear yeah. you hear gibberish until it starts to click and once it clicks it's, it's a secret language. It's a private language. So just as like this, so that's really great, Mike. So just as the set builds up over the course of the concert, kind of you get built up too. So, it, you know, he doesn't join your world. You join his world. You join his world. Um, you know, when he comes out and he's in that oversized suit, everything looks weird. And then when he's down to just his shirt and he's covered in sweat, everything makes perfect sense. It stops making sense. It stops making sense. All right, great. So thanks a lot. Thanks for listening. We hope you'll um, subscribe and rate us on Apple Podcasts. You